right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome to another Fantasy Football Chat. Ask Me Anything series brought to you tonight with Dom Johnson from Dynasty Nerds. Dom, how are you doing this evening? Doing well, man. Thanks uh, for having me on. Looking forward to getting into the the wick, uh, thick of this. Absolutely. You always know that we bring the heat here in Fantasy Football Chat. So is there anything that you want to start off uh, plugging uh any Dynasty Nerds content, Fantasy Blitz content, uh, anything you're particularly excited about coming up? Or are you keeping it under wraps for now? Or No, dude, we're, uh, we are. Uh, biggest thing I'll, I'll plug is just uh, Dynasty Nerds and um, their Dynasty GM tool. Um, you know, the guy who, who runs that, his name is Nick, and he's just always looking to uh, you know improve that. So... Um, it's really cool. We get to look at all your teams, see what players you don't have, players you do have. Um, it's super helpful when you have more than, you know, four or five teams. Um, even if they're redraft teams, it's super helpful for um, waiver wire stuff and and, and trade prospects when, uh, mid-season. So, um, you know, this is the type of time of the year where Dynasty Nerds really starts to, to dig in and start grinding, doing all the film studies and um, different stuff like that for these rookies. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who can help you with your start sit stuff. We do that too, but this is really where we um, try to focus our our time and energy on. So we're looking. This is the the beginning of our season for sure. Excellent. And speaking of the Dynasty GM tool, I will attest that it is a great tool. Uh, it helps evaluate you know, where other teams might be lacking that you are more plentiful in position-wise. And I used that this past season to my advantage um, in a couple different dynasties, but I, I will stand by the dynasty GM tool. Definitely a great one to have if you're a serious dynasty player. But let's not, uh, let's not leave the people waiting, and uh, let's get straight to these questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, so we'll uh, uh, go ahead. We'll just start off with Lava Lord himself. He's asking about tight end prospects that you like to break out next year. Next year. Yeah, um, one of my favorites from this past year, which didn't end up happening. Um, I'm not really sure when he got hurt. Might have been week one or um, just training. But Blake Jarwin um, was one that a lot of people liked as a late tight end breakout candidate last year. Kind of a post hype sleeper for me this year because um, even his his replacement. Dalton Schultz or something like that. Um, he had a great year. He was able to, you know, be a week in, week out dynasty or not dynasty, um, fantasy starter for you. Um, so just imagine what he like the tight end one for that team could do. Um, so especially with, with Dak back, Blake Jarwin back, I'm, I'm very excited about Jarwin um, going into this next year. You can probably get him for cheaper um, than he'll probably be uh, mid season next year. Another one is Dallas Goddard. Um, you probably are going to have to pay up for him right now, but his value is about to, you know, double as soon as the season starts or once it gets closer to the season and Zach Ertz isn't there anymore. You know, the things start moving around. Um, so Dallas Goddard is definitely one. And these are also guys that have been in the league for a couple of years now. So they've kind of got their tight ends usually take a few, few more years longer than, you know, other positions. So these are guys that are, are primed for a breakout. Those are my favorite too. Are there any tight ends that are free agents this upcoming season you're excited about? That is a fantastic question. And I'm not really sure which ones are the free agents or not. Um, so I, I don't know which ones are free agents off the top of my head. Oh, Hunter Henry. You're right. Um, you know, I really, I have no idea how to value Hunter Henry. He's been so granted besides injuries but he's been so hit or miss oh look at that thank you um <laughs> yeah i think probably just hunter henry is will be the only one i'm actually excited about um i imagine if Grant comes back you can keep him for another year or trade him whatever he's um he's Gronk, he's rob gronkowski so um i was never big on him this year he's he surprised me but again i have a hard time thinking he's he's going to come back um, and do that same thing next year. Um, Henry, I'm fine grabbing him, um, but he could have a sort of Austin Hooper type of thing if he goes somewhere else and um, <clears throat> he gets the paycheck, but he doesn't have the the production that 
um, he may have had this year. Um, so uh, if I'm if I'm Hunter Henry, if I have if I have Hunter Henry, I'll probably keep him for now and wait for him to sign a contract and then trade him. Um, Austin Hooper's value was uh, probably the biggest right after he signed that contract, and right now you can get him for very little. Um, so that's what I would do with Hunter Henry. Excellent. Um, speaking of things that we may have missed on in this past season, um, do you plan on, or do you have any changes in your strategy, whether it be drafting, ranking, or anything in between that you're going to be making moving into the new season based on the results that we've seen in this past year? Yeah, uh, two things in particular this year um, that have changed my mind. Um, first is I was pretty heavily team hashtag late QB for Superflex, and this year taught me that I should not have done that. Uh, most of the time, there's some pretty good value on quarterbacks later in the in the draft, especially in Superflex when you know um, all the the young, really uh, talented ones go in the top two rounds. You can get some great guys in, you know, um, in those few rounds, uh, position players, uh, skill position players that you, you normally can't get in a one quarterback league and then just grab, you know, Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan later. Um, but if you did that, you missed out on a lot of fantasy points um, because of those those top quarterbacks really just separated themselves. Um, so I am because we're we're, we're kind of witnessing a an official changing of the guard for quarterbacks with all the older ones starting to retire. Now all the new ones kind of being the top producers anyways, um, these past year or two. Um, I think it's important to go ahead and, and, and bump the values of quarterbacks up even further, um, in super flex leagues. Um, so spending your first two rounds on quarterbacks is probably what I'm going to end up doing. If I do any, uh, super flex leagues this year. Um, the other one, is the way that I evaluate evaluate wide receivers. Um, so I have a comp- just analytical model that I use for wide receivers that I'm going to have to to adapt and look at a little more, um, just because there is uh, like it just it doesn't take landing spot into effect yet. Um, as well as I've noticed that it really doesn't matter. I mean, DK Metcalf is a perfect example of you know a stat not really mattering because everyone was including me was really down on him because of a three cone. Um, his draft capital dropped further than it was supposed to. Um, and I just thought, okay, he's got, he's, he's a one dimensional receiver. Sure. He's big, but like if they just play a zone, they can, they can, you know, limit DK Metcalf's, um, you know, effect on the game. And the, thing i wasn't noticing was or paying attention to is that it doesn't really matter if he can stop on a dime like um you know stefan Diggs can he just he has a way to beat defenders and that's what i need to look for um so whether that's um just their physicality their way uh ability to go up and get a, a ball at the top of the arc um if it's their speed if it's the you know technicality of which they run their routes just as long as they have a way to beat coverage, that's what I'm going to look for, not just the uh, measurable stats for wide receivers. That's super interesting. Super interesting. Uh, kind of makes me think of players like LaVisca and uh, Justin Jefferson this past year. I mean, definitely showed, you know, good metrics, but, you know, the opportunity that they fell into is definitely a big big part of that there so lots of different it's gonna be hard to quantify some of those things that you mentioned as well so interesting to see it's gonna be interesting to see how you uh treat that um and uh moving along to less dynasty but possibly it can apply to dynasty but trading in fantasy football leagues when you're trying to maximize the value that you get in return for what you're dishing out, what are you focusing more on? Are you, is it the draft pick range? 
uh, ages of the players, the stats maybe that you're anticipating, the stats that have been shown. What 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 are you? It looks like Santa D backs wants your recipe to getting the best trade possible. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's a bunch of different ways to uh, to trade. Um, one that I I normally do is um, just kind of the the shotgun approach. Just throw out a a bunch of offers that um, all the ones that you are, are comfortable with, and then you know wait for counters. And that is kind of where you have to to use the counters to gauge okay which players are they actually interested in, and then go from there. Um, as far as getting maximum value in trades, what I like to do is <clears throat> get some sort of if I'm just going for a specific player, um, you know, I, I try to get uh, just build a whole bunch of like a big package for a player, um, and or if it's like an older player and I'm trying to get rid of him, I'll 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 get I'll try to receive a bigger package of of later picks. Um, so I, I've traded a few guys. Uh, I can't I haven't pulled them up. I don't have them on, on my on my fingers, but. Um, you know, I'm targeting 2023 first, like the the furthest um, draft or class I can actually trade with in my leagues. Uh, I'm targeting those picks because right now, like they're just not that they're not they're not wanted. Um, you know, I could trade. People want those 21st, 21 firsts. No one really cares about the 22 first or the 23 firsts. And though those classes are probably not going to be quite as good as you know, this class still like this is a, the perfect time to get those later picks. Um, so I try to in my trades, get the picks for two or three years from now and then just sit on them until they get that value back up. Um, so it's, it's kind of like buying a bond. It's, it's not sexy, but you get dividends eventually from it. Never thought about doing that. Might have to uh, give that a shot in a couple of my leagues this year. Uh, that's a uh, yeah, definitely super interesting. Nobody's really caring about you know three four years down the road seconds and first, but you know uh, let those age a little bit. And like a fine wine, you can come back with a high <laughs> high, va- high value product. Exactly. exactly. Um, any sleepers you're targeting? targeting in the third, fourth round of these upcoming rookie drafts. I'm assuming 12-team, half PPR, no tight end premium. Yeah, uh, you know, I had a hard time with, with this question when I was looking at it just because we don't, I, I haven't seen a bunch of mocks right now. Um, it's just, it's a little too early in the league to have some of the, like, third, fourth round mocks. I've seen several of first two rounds, but I, I haven't seen very many that go into the four rounds yet. Um, then... Let, let's reword it then and say, what are some players on your radar that aren't necessarily on the general consensus's radar that you think are going to be standouts that you're going to try to grab? Yeah, uh, so I think someone else asked this a little later on, so I'll just combine these together. Um, someone asked about the the rookies that I'm... I'm uh, Tar Ash, my favorite rookies, and then which ones I'm cold on. Um, so the big names that I really like, um, Rondell Moore, Najee Harris, and, and, and Jalen Waddle, um, those are the guys in the first round I'm, I'm aiming for. So if I can trade up to get where I'm projecting Najee to go, I'm going to do it. Or if I can this, trade... This this Harris player, I, I think this might be the first I'm hearing about him. Is he, is he any, any good? I mean, I think he's all right. Um, oh, okay, I'll have to look him up to... after after this. <laughs> he likes to to jump over people. Um, oh. he, he's very good at it. <laughs> well, that's uh, why I love I love acrobatics and football. So I'll be looking to draft him as well in that case. Exactly. But but uh, back back to it. Back back to what you were saying. Yeah, uh, Rondell Moore and Jalen Waddle are just my my types of players. Um, the guys that they just teams will try to manufacture touches for them. Um, you know, I was I've been watching some uh, Rondell uh, Moore tape recently, and gosh, they really peppered him with targets. Um, like every game, he has you know eight, nine, ten, eleven targets, and some of them he or most of them are screens or slants, and he's taking them fifteen, twenty yards more just because he is um, super quick and um, 
very like physical for his size. Uh, so those are just the types of players that I like. Um, and I'm, if I'm looking at some later guys, this is kind of where it comes into um, the question that uh, D-backs was asking. Um, I really like Justin Ross. He seems to be the kind of forgotten man, and I totally understand why he's had he's missed this whole year for injury. Um, I'm still not sure if he's if he's coming back to school not or not. Um, but he did he go back? Ah, oh, man, that's that's unfortunate. Thanks for letting me know, Sam. Um, well, the next year, Justin Ross is going to be fantastic. He's just one of the uh, most just silky uh, route runners um, I've seen in the past couple of years. Um, he's got great hands. I'm very excited to to see him do some more. I was kind of hoping he'd come out this year so that I could grab him late, but looks like I'm going to have to pay up for him next year. Um, also, Terrace Marshall um, from LSU. He put on a clinic this year with Jamar out. Um, he was only in probably half the season, I think, if, that, if, that, if that's correct. He he opted out the last half, um, but he's going to be uh, a guy who goes later than he probably should, not because people are really that far down on him, but there are just there's just so much talent in this this class, especially on wide receivers. Um, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Um, he's just he's great. Uh, I don't I don't know what else to say about him. He's he's also going to go in the um, early to mid second, and really in any other year he'd probably go in the back of the first. Um, and then Tamari on Terry um, is just he's also one of my like I'm expecting to get Terry with my early third, which is just wild to me that someone like him is going to fall that far. Um, some of the guys that I'm I'm cold on. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine on on Twitter the other day about Seth Williams, and I am just I'm not a Seth Williams fan. Um, he's I think he's right now projected in rookie drafts to go somewhere in the uh, late second, early third as well. Um, but he just he's got he's a great physical player. He can go up and and meet the ball at the top of the arc. Um, he can get some yards after the catch, even though he's not a burner. Um, he's a physical player, but I, he's just one dimensional to me. He is a, a jump ball specialist who has some attitude problems. Um, he throws a fit when he doesn't get, you know, accurate targets and he never got accurate targets with Bo Nix throwing him the ball. Um, and so I, I just see him kind of being a, a JJ Arcega Whiteside or a Nikhil Harry burnout um, that gets in the league, gets in like a, you know, day two, three pick um, in the NFL draft and just kind of, fizzles out because he refuses to put in the work. Um, some of that, like that some of the other guys will. Um, so I, I'm not expecting a lot out of Seth Williams. He's, he's a, a lottery ticket that I am. I'm not punching. Uh, and then Chuba Harris, he not Harris. What's his last name? Hubbard. Uh, <laughs> he should have come out last year. That's, that's all I have to say. He kind of hurt his stock this year going back to school. And, um, you know, if he falls far enough to where I think he's a good value, I'll, I'll take him. But I think people are still going to remember that name from last year and are going to take him in the back of the first, early second. And there's just too good a value there for those receivers that I would rather have. Um, this is a good segue into the next question. Um, where would you rank this upcoming draft class relative to the ones that we've seen in the past, let's say three to four years. Do you think that there's, you know, more or less talent on one side of the ball or the other, or is there more or less talent overall in your eyes? Um, how would you evaluate it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I, the way I've heard it and I completely agree. Um, 2020 was the year of the running back. And that was with Travis Etienne, but even without Travis Etienne in that class, that was definitely the running back year. Like just looking at those top seven or eight guys, like they're all going to be RB twos at the least. Um, like let me name them real quick. These guys are probably four or five of these are in your top twelve uh, rankings right now. Um, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson are all you know up there. Clyde Edwards-Helaire and A.J. Dillon also guys who are going to see their stock dramatically increase this year. Um, this is, did I say Swift? Oh, well, 
<laughs> so these that 2020 was definitely the year for the running back. Um, but I think that 2021 is, is pretty much the year for all the other classes. Um, we talked about the changing of the guard at uh, quarterback. So, you know, there's a good chance that at least five quarterbacks, maybe six, go in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, probably three or four of those are going to be, you know, going into starting situations. Um, we talked about how uh, all the wide receivers are just so deep with several of them at the top as well. Like it's not just depth. It's also pretty top heavy as well. Um, and then also we kind of have the big three tight ends this year. Um, we had Fanton Hawkinson two years ago and those have proved to be, you know, fantasy starters. Um, but also, I mean, Kyle Pitts is supposed to be generational. Um, and he really looks at, uh, Pat Fryermuth is going to be, uh, good. And then, uh, Brevin Jordan as well is kind of forgotten in this class because of, uh, Kyle Pitts has been a star. Um, but those, this has just been like, I felt, um, kind of, uh, like clickbait saying this uh, a few months ago, but like this 2021 class is, I think more valuable than the 2020 class, uh, overall with your, your rookie picks. Um, so this is definitely not a year that I am trading out of, uh, next year, maybe, I might trade out of my 2022 seconds, but I am trading for all the 2021 seconds and thirds that I can get. So if you consider yourself a middling team right now, you would be trying to buy as many picks as you could to possibly contend? Oh, for sure. Um, These are, especially if I need some wide receiver help, like these are guys that I think are going to be uh, most of them are going to be able to just plug right in and, and, and contribute to your lineup. Um, and if not, they might take a year or two to get um, their positions on the team solidified, and then they're going to be stars. Regrets of Paris Campbell. Still, still haunt me in my nightmares. But hey, anyway. He's coming. He's uh, coming. His time is coming. Yeah. Uh, as is Rashad, uh, Rashad Penny's. Um, too but um <laughs> is there any legitimate argument for wilson over fields from a talent perspective landing spots aside uh sam cover your ears um i'm just kidding now i'll be honest i really haven't done enough uh wilson tape to really be a, a deciding factor on this um but I, i'm definitely going to to look more at wilson like that is that is on the docket for for tape um coming up soon really the problem that i've uh, i've talked with with sam about this a little bit um just between wilson and infields it's not really that i don't like (laughs) wilson um as much as it is i've just been so impressed with fields Um, he's been a little streaky um, over his career but i just his ceiling is so so high um it would just it would really surprise me to see myself actually putting wilson above him as like an overall prospect um i mean that subject to change in the next few months but i i would be very surprised if i watched tape on both of them and said wilson is better um he might be have a higher floor like less likely to um to to bust but i think phil's ceiling is is just too high above wilson's to um for me to say that the wilson is better I understand completely. Hopefully Sam doesn't hold against you. <laughs> By the way, congratulations to him uh, for joining the Dynasty Nerds team. Today. Yes, sir. Newest member. Um, the newest member. Still fresh. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do too much hazing, please. He is. He needs He needs to be handled, handled gently. We, we all know this. I'll uh, um, see what I can do. Which sophomore players are you targeting next season? And why is it Cam Akers and a few other guys? <laughs> Cam Akers is, is too rich for me right now. Uh, I don't want to pay the price for Cam Akers at this moment. Uh, so that's that's the kind of, for a second, before I get to that, I'm just going to talk about um, uh, a dynasty um, theory idea. Um, 
or trick, tip, whatever you want to call it. At the end of the year, um, after your fantasy playoffs, even if you wanted like try to put this into a week or two, aim to get some of these rookies or I could say definitely the rookies um, that are going to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, if you bought Cam Akers at the end of the regular season, the regular fantasy football season, then his price, you've seen his price double since he's gotten into the playoffs and gotten 20 carries in, you know, each of these past two games. Um, you know, we obviously, uh, normally we think of fantasy from week one to 16. And if you're really weird, you go to week 17 and you're just wrong. Um, but, and then that's it. That's just, that's the end of fantasy, but football keeps going. Values keep changing. Things keep happening in the league. So you have to, to be able to use that to your advantage. Um, so, um, yeah, definitely buy, especially rookies, but people going into the fantasy or into NFL playoffs, um, because their, their values can definitely still go up. Um, unlike those of, uh, the players of the non NFL playoff teams. Um, but, um, to answer your question, uh, the biggest ones, this is, this is probably going to be in order, um, of not what I like, I think they're going to finish as, but people whose value I see, um, exponentially growing the most, uh, first one is, is Darnell Mooney. Um, writing is pretty much on the wall with, um, a Rob leaving Chicago, um, I'm not. I'm not sure what they're going to do at quarterback. I don't know if they're going to. I suppose they could franchise tag a Rob, but even then, like they have just really high expectations for Donald Mooney. They loved him coming in as a rookie. Um, I, I have, uh, I, I have some I've got a pretty good feeling about Donald Mooney and his, his his value um going up significantly um by next year. <clears throat> next one is. Uh, Michael Pittman, um, he kind of came on at the end of the year uh, just because he had an injury the first half, um, and he's made some spectacular catches here and there. Uh, he's going to get a new quarterback, um, someone who can push the ball down the field and actually uh, you know, play more to his skill set, hopefully. Um, and so I can see his, his value going from you know close to nothing to um, someone who is at least in your flex. Uh, next one is Denzel Mims, um, just because, you know, they're about to get a, a new, um, quarterback. So you want to, to grab him and really, you know, obviously the, <clears throat> if, if death and taxes are inevitable, then so is the Gase effect. Uh, Denzel Mims is, is due to, to break out now that the Gase is gone. Um, the bad man is gone. Um, last but not least, T Higgins. Um, when he played with Burrow um, and he had significant playing time, he was on pace from weeks three to 11 to finish as the wide receiver 11. Um, so you could get a wide receiver one for a very cheap price um, comparatively. So he's not going to be easy to get, but he's definitely someone to target uh, with Joey coming back and with AJ Green, not that he really did anything leaving. Uh, so those are my, my guys that I'm I'm targeting in most of my leagues. Um, when you're ranking the upcoming draft class, and you know, just sorting sorting through the ADPs, how much do you let their landing spot affect it? And I'm assuming the answer is it's situational because that seems to be the typical answer to that. But do you find that you will still key in on players regardless of where they land? Like, do you, do you have players in, mind, in your mind? You don't necessarily have to name them now, but whenever you're ranking them and then later drafting, are there players in your mind that regardless of where they land, you're going to take them because you know, the talent's going to be there long-term. Yeah. Um, so to me, landing spots, it, it mostly affects running backs more than anything else. 
Um, you know, running backs, if they have, you know, the, the quote, shortest shelf life, then those first two or three years are, are super important to their, their value and their fantasy production. Um, so if they don't get, you know, a good team or a good situation until their second contract, you've lost half of their like values life. Uh, so if I have a, a running back, a rookie running back that lands in a, a perfect spot, then I, to me, their their value doubles. And if I have a running back that lands in an awful spot, then you know it, it tanks it for me uh, for at least you know that first year. Um, and I've learned my lesson the past two years about wide receiver landing spots. Um, you know, I couldn't think of a worse landing spot for for AJ Brown. And really, I wasn't that big of a fan of Justin Jefferson's landing spot. Uh, I thought that the Vikings didn't throw the ball enough. Um, and they were going to, with Dalvin Cook back, like just be a run-heavy, run-first team. Even with Stefanski leaving, um, Zimmer was still there. And that's just what I projected. And I was very wrong about both of those players. Um, I really should have um, you know, put the talent above the situation and, and still you know, valued A.J. Brown and, and Justin Jefferson where I had them pre-rank. Because I had Justin Jefferson, and I think he's my wide receiver too. Um, behind CD Lamb, um, according to my model and, and what I saw um, with with some tape, but you know I let that landing spot kind of um, scare me away from him, so I, I missed out pretty big on those those two in particular. Gotcha, gotcha. That's a shame. Uh, I feel your pain. I'm in the <laughs> same boat. In the same exact boat. Yep. Um. Staying on that same track, um, speaking of, you know, the running backs on their landing spots and development and evaluating their value. Um, this past year's rookie running backs, which ones do you think are in the best and worst positions to further develop in regards to their current teams? Guys like Gibson, JT, J-Rob, Swift. Dylan, um, depending on obviously what they do with um, Aaron Jones, but um, I mean, are are you are you trying to sell off any any of them in particular? Are you trying to buy any of them in particular? Yeah, um, you know, there are some of those rookie running backs that like are just super easy. Um, those top four to me in particular are in excellent situations that are only getting better. Jonathan Taylor is behind one of the better um, run blocking offensive lines. Um, he also has started to carve out his role as uh, the primary workhorse back for that team. Uh, Cam Akers has done that same thing recently. Um, the, those two are, are pretty easily, you know, the the guys who are going to benefit from their um, from their situation from this year to next year. Um, also Swift, uh, you know, Patricia's gone, um, praise the Lord. And um, Adrian Peterson, like he's no Frank Gore. So uh, he's not going to stay in the league for, you know, 10 more years like Frank Gore will. Um, so I, I imagine that, that Swift's going to take that, that next step up and, and, and be that uh, Austin Eckler type of, type of back uh jk dobbins um they just released mark ingram with that today yesterday one of those two i don't remember but it happened um gus edwards uh i think he's a free agent um you can probably do that little bot thing on here and tell me that um and then so i mean if they don't keep uh gus edwards then dobbins got that backfield and he's probably you know one of the more talented uh uh, running backs in that that class i was i was very bullish on dobbins i think uh pre pre-draft he was my uh running back one um yeah i guess Edwards the restricted free agent this year thanks for that um so there's a good chance they they keep him just because he was um you know very efficient in their in their scheme um uh, but so was jk dobbins uh so they're those four easily are in the best positions to me um AJ Dillon is in a great spot. Um, they decided they were going to use him in the 
was it two games ago in, in playoffs, uh, the snow game, they ran him uh, into the ground. Um, Aaron Jones, they offered him a great deal that would make him the, I think, one of the, the fifth highest running back, um, but not much of it was guaranteed, so he turned it down. And the Packers are in a very tight situation with their their uh, cap space, so I mean they they just can't do what they want him to do. Um, so to me, there's 85 90 percent chance that Aaron Jones is somewhere else next year. Uh, so AJ Dillon um, likely is going to be the um, just next man up in that in that situation. Uh, Antonio Gibson, um, curse J.K. McKissick. That's all I have to say. Uh, <clears throat> loved Antonio Gibson coming in. Um, McKissick taking freaking ten targets a game really hurt me right in the heart. Um, and J. Rob, he's been fantastic this year. Uh, you know I really want to believe him, and I do believe in his talent. It's just they didn't spend any capital in their backfield. Um, and it's not that they don't think that he can handle the backfield by himself. I believe they that they think that he can. Um, but you just got to look at what they got behind them. Uh, they can't go into the season with J Rob and Devin Ozigbo and, um, whoever that guy who had COVID for like four months. Um, they, I mean, they can't go into the season like that. So I imagine they spend the third, fourth round pick on a, a running back where they try to get some older back, um, out of free agency who will inevitably take some touches from J Rob. Um, so I think, his situation is going to get worse than it was this year, but um, I'm just not really sure how much worse. I can only hope that Adrian Peterson somewhere in the world listens to this podcast and goes, oh, he doesn't think I can outplay Frank Gore, <laughs> and then proceeds to outplay Frank Gore. That would be horrible. Please don't do that. In <laughs> <laughs> before Gore gets signed again, uh, I'm he might even still be signed to the Jets. I'm not even sure what's going on with him these days. Just depends on where Adam Gase lands, you know? That's where he'll go. <laughs> um, let's see. Are there uh, any running backs you're never going to target again? Or tight ends or wide receivers? Or really anybody, I guess? Sanity backs, hmm. I said. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the only people I could think of off the top of my head... Um, we're running backs. Um, Mixon is real close to being put on this list. And I was, I was real big on Mixon um, two years ago in particular. Uh, I think I drafted him like I was real big on him and I, I thought that he was going to really blow up two years ago. And so I think I drafted him like the 106 or 107 in a startup dynasty in my, my main league. And uh, he's, he's still on my bench. So thanks for that. Um, <clears throat> but he's, he's close to being on that list for me. Um, he's going to be a value this year uh, just because of all the new running backs. And he was injured for the last 8 million games. Um, so it's going to be really tempting to take him again, but I'm going to try not to. Um, I'll probably never draft Kenyon Drake or Chris Carson. Um, they're just, I just, I don't know. I just, I've never liked the way that Chris Carson ran. He always hurts himself the way that he runs is he just runs so dangerously um and he always you know uh outproduces what i think he should or would um so it's probably not smart of me to avoid carson at all costs but he's always been a little just right on that edge of of too rich for my blood um uh, for what i'm getting and he's always been the type of player to me that it's just he's going to get hurt on literally any play because of the way that he runs and then Kenyon drake someone I loved two years ago and has disappointed me every week, except for two weeks last year. Um, yeah, that's, that's Kenyon Drake for you. Gotta, gotta love the Drake though. Popular Seinfeld reference. Mm -hmm. Those have missed it. Mm. Pop, pop culture. Mm. Pop culture. Fresh <laughs> and hot here on base football chat. Um, Let's pivot back towards the incoming draft class. Uh, we know the top three running backs are pretty much the consensus, but after them, anyone particular you're liking, you hit the wide receiver spot pretty hard, but um, running back-wise, you want to 
head again. <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess so. Uh, I wrote down here. <laughs> I actually said, can uh, nobody be an answer? Um, but <laughs> for real, you know, this, this class isn't, especially running backs is, is real top heavy. Those top three are going to be plug and play pretty much wherever they land. Likely they're going to be able to be used. Um, I'm especially bullish on, on Najee. Um, the only other two that I could really think of, of, you know, being really good values, um, for where you're going to take them is, uh, Kenneth Gainwell and Kylan Hill, especially Kylan Hill. He, he showed a lot of, of, um, um, kind of capability, um, and his, his time at, um, where did he play? Mississippi state. Um, it really, I think his is going to depend more on his landing spot to me. Um, you know, I could have said Trey Sermon. Um, I think he's going to be kind of boosted and, and a little too, uh, a little too pricey for where I'd like to take him. His, his is also going to depend heavily on his landing spot to me. Um, there's a couple of running backs that I like next year as well, but yeah, that's 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 pretty much it, man. I, there's not a lot of running backs that I just love in this class, um, so I, I'm definitely not going to take someone like Chuba Hubbard over um, some of these receivers that are going to fall in that same range. Um, that's just that would be just reckless of me to do. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. To get away from the running backs, um, do you anticipate that the Jaguars do indeed take Trevor Lawrence? Um, I think they'd be kind of kind of stupid not to. I mean, obviously it's Lawrence or trade out. Um, and if they trade out, they're going to trade out for a a uh, quarterback. But to me, the the need is is so great that I imagine they just they just you know bite the bullet and take him. Um, and yeah, I think um, you know that, that full question was about um, whether he is everything that people are saying he is generational best prospect since Andrew Luck, yada yada. Um, and does he boost everyone on that team? Um, you know, he, he can't be any worse than you know Jake Lutton. Uh, so I think his name is Jake. Whatever. He's long it neck, is. long neck, old draft boy. Uh, you be Basically, careful disrespecting my boy Luton <laughs> or Lutton. I don't know. Uh, Nobody's sure how it's pronounced, and that should be a pretty keen uh, idea of how you know popular he is. Yeah, I doubt but... even he knows. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of expect him to be Gardner Minshew, but with a jetpack. Um, he's mobile. He can push the ball downfield. Um, really, the biggest uh you know thing between the two of them is that Trevor Lawrence has good decision making. Uh Gardner Minshew does not have great decision making. Um so I think yeah it's gonna it's gonna push the the value of everyone up. Um very much looking forward to to GJ Chark with with Trevor Lawrence. Um Going from one not so great team to another, the Jaguars to the Lions. Uh, lots of interesting stuff going on right now with Stafford and Galladay stasses kind of in the up in the air. You have the new coaching staff coming in, high draft spots, middle of the league regarding cap space. Um, Chipololo wants a uh, or Chipolopolo, uh wants to know can you see both Stafford and Galladay returning and how do you expect the career development of Swift and Hawkinson to be impacted this summer um aka how much are you buying into the Swift and Hawkinson camp I know that you've previously mentioned already that you, you do like them as players but are you actively buying them or just enjoying the shares that you have. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those two players in particular, I've been trying to buy Hawkinson from one guy all year in my main dynasty league who already had Travis Kelsey. And so I was trying to buy him for the low, low. Um, and he was, he was not having it. Uh, so 
he's he's definitely a guy who I think is going to be just a consistent Zach Ertz type of player. Maybe not ever, you know, the perennial wide uh, tight end one, but he's going to be in that top three, four, five conversation for years to come, um, I believe. Um, Swift, who knows? Um, he wasn't my favorite prospect coming out, but he's in a good situation. Um, I think there's not, I mean, carry on Johnson and, and Antonio, what's it not Antonio freaking Adrian Peterson. Um, surely they're, they're pretty much out the door. Um, or if, if not, then at least he doesn't have Matt Patricia forcing a running back by committee down Swift's throat. Um, he might actually play the good running back that he has. Whoever the the new coach is, I, I don't know. I forgot. Um, the rumors I've heard about uh, Matt Stafford is that he's he's on the way out. Um, I heard that in season that they were kind of looking for ways to, uh, to move him um, or to get him just you know just to move on. Really, um, I don't think it was anything against Stafford, but uh, <clears throat> especially now with the new coaching staff, um, I can I can definitely see them kind of trying to bring in. Um, fresh meat people who are going to run with a the kind of scheme that they want to run. I don't know what that seems going to be. Um, so I don't know if I have to guess on one of the three between Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay, or uh, Marvin Jones um, staying is going to be probably Kenny Galladay. Um, I know both uh, Galladay and, and and Marvin are both free agents. Um, so I imagine they either tag Galladay or just sign him to his second contract, um, and then they try to get another quarterback in um, because there's there's lots of young ones coming in um, that are plenty good. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I'm I'm excited about uh, Swift without Patricia. Um, honestly, this this might be a decent landing spot for for Carson Wentz. Um, there's uh, another someone asked another question in this thing about. Um, you know, it's too early to tell with Wentz, but where do I think he's going to go? And I think either Detroit or um, Indianapolis. I, I know Indianapolis was a, a big, um, a popular take uh, pretty early on when he was cut, but I think those two are, are probably the most likely. And those are the ones that I think that he could pretty much plug in, spend the offseason training with them and, and do well in um, and kind of schemes that could use his, his skill set. Um, so I think Detroit would be, would be good for, for Carson Wentz. Alrighty. Um, I hate the idea of Carson Wentz, uh, Indianapolis, by the way. Um, it makes me, <laughs> it makes me sick to my stomach, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, when, uh, you're drafting, in the dynasty startup favorite strategy, um, do you target wide receivers more given their longevity? Do you go RB heavy to start with still? Um, what, what, where have you found success in? You just kind of draft the best players. That's, that's all you have to do. I mean, it's real simple. Take the guys you want. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, uh, no, really what I like to do, um, is I like to make sure <clears throat> I am in the uh, in the first round or two that I make sure I get a, a good running back, um, one that I can rely on and just leave in the lineup. Um, and then if it's super flex, I'll make sure I get a good quarterback as well. I mean, and then I'll try to trade back um, into the fourth through seventh round, try to get as many picks as I can in that area. Um, it also depends on your league size. If you only have a few starting positions, like if, if you only have one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and two flexes, um, then those studs are going to matter a little more than your bench depth um, because th- you can only start so many players. Uh, but in my main dynasty league, I've got, I think we start 11 players. We have four flexes, um, and we start three wide receivers. Um, so the the bench depth is is very important. And if that's the case, I, like I said, I like to trade into those uh, those golden rounds between four or five um, through seven. Um, those are, I feel like, the best value-wise where you get most of your wide receivers. Um, so I think I actually just did a, a startup draft that I went. Uh, let me look at how I went. 
I'm pretty sure it was quarterback, running back, and then receivers for like five or six rounds. Um, so there's just the value of receivers are so good. And especially with the production, um, it seems like the production between those top end running backs and the back end of the running back two is just so vastly different. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's a consistent, um, slope downwards. Meanwhile, for wide receivers, you have those four or five elite receivers and then wide receiver six through 24 are all like four or five points per game different. Um, so if you can get a Devontae Adams, a Tyreek Hill, great, do it if it's a good value. Um, but I'd much rather have, you know, uh, a Dalvin Cook, uh, Derek Henry, someone I can just leave in my lineup and then get some uh, guys later that are, you know, going to get me, uh, as as wide receiver 22, going to get me, you know, only two points per game less than the wide receiver 12. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, coming up on the 15 minute warning here. Okay. And we got to leave some time couple. in the end. Uh, yes, gotta... absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go ahead and hit this one from Genial Giant. Um, low in QB2s, high in QB3s who may not have a landing spot this offseason. Players like Trubisky, Dalton, Fitzpatrick. Um, feel any type of way about them? And then DePolo Polo says, uh, going off that question with Breeze most likely retiring and Jameis a U- undrafted or unrestricted free agent, how do you see New Orleans tackling this offseason with their lack of cap space? Think they'll want to fully invest in Taysom for another season, or do they pr- draft a QB? If it's the latter, who do you project them to target? It's a lot of information there, but do you think that any of those QBs might find a spot in the Saints way, or are they all going to be backups for perpetuity? <laughs> uh, Man, I have, I've got no idea. Fitzpatrick earned it, I think. Fitzpatrick could go a lot of places and start. But the problem is, like we talked about, it's the changing of the guard. No one wants those those old quarterbacks to, like, the the, the time for new quarterbacks is, is now. Like, there are so many. Um, there are so many in this draft in particular. Um, so those, I mean, I'm pretty sure Josh Rosen's just a phone call away if you really wanted a backup. So <laughs> he's exactly. getting past there like a bag of chips. So, right, yeah, exactly. I, I agreed 110% that uh, with the fact that it looks, looks like Fitzpatrick has earned it this past year, he did play well um, to at least earn a spot somewhere. Um we know what Trubisky likes and its interceptions and <laughs> throwing to the right side of the field. Yeah, that exactly. <laughs> I mean, Fitzpatrick played great the past three years. You know, he's, he's, he's definitely earned it, but no team is going to give a 38 year old a contract for more than a year when they can get a rookie quarterback who is just as good or better um, and mobile and cheaper. Uh, so I just, I don't, I don't know. Um, I might, I, of those three in particular, I'd probably just keep Trubisky um, just because he does have draft capital and the age on his side. Um, you're going to need an injury for Dalton or Fitzpatrick to really be startable assets for you. Um, so keep him if you have room, but otherwise, don't worry about him. Um, as far as New Orleans goes, Lord knows what they're going to freaking do. God, Taysom Hill is definitely not the answer. I really hope it's not the answer. If it is the answer, it's a very bad answer. <clears throat> and <laughs> you know, they don't have they don't have the cap space to sign Jameis to what he's probably going to to well, I guess he's really not in a great place to, to demand anything. But <clears throat> you know, he might sign one more year as like a, a prove it year. Um, I don't know. That will definitely be something I'm gonna monitor um as far as getting ahead of the gun. I'm I'm buying Jameis anyways, just because he still is young. He's still canceling it. Um, whether that means he goes for thirty and thirty again, um, who knows? But he's he's cheap right now. Um, even with the value bump of knowing that Breeze is going to retire, he's still 
pretty cheap. Um, so, uh, uh, I look forward to the ESPN 30 for 30, 30 and 30, the Jameis <laughs> Winston story. Yes. Beautiful headline. Um, I guess it's time that we give the people what they want. Let's do it. I got it all. I'll type down everything. It's soup talk time. Do you want to go on a rant about it, or, oh, yeah. or would you? Or would you? Yeah, just 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 give us your whole whole spiel about it. <laughs> all right, here we go. So, for those who don't know, this is uh, this is Java Lord's doing. Um, we were in a, a startup draft, and um, he guessed on who I was about to draft. Um, he he thought it was going to be Paris Campbell, and so he said he was trying to. Uh, nonchalantly say it in the chat and so he said is it french soup or something like that and and he was right i was drafting paris campbell um so that that's where my name comes from that's my namesake uh <clears throat> so i call myself a, a french soup connoisseur um so monica asks about drafting soups for a dynasty soup league who are my top three um keeping in mind that obviously this is a dynasty so uh longevity is, is definitely a factor here <clears throat> so it's really all about the versatility. You know, do they go well together? And it's not so much of going well together as much as it is, can I use these three in particular spread out to cover a multitude of meals? And so my top three for these Dynasty Soup Leagues, is obviously French soup. That's got to be the number one. It, it just has to be. Number two, corn chowder goes with so much. And then obviously one of the most underrated um soups in the game i'm not going to count gumbo if i counted gumbo that would be too easy i'm going to say lobster bisque some good stuff especially if you have a nukes near you they got some great lobster bisque soup um santa dbacks asks how do i go about ranking soups i asked myself two questions one is this Paris campbell if yes then it's ranked first two does it taste good if yes then i rank it pretty high that's that's pretty much my my whole process. Um, okay, okay, I'm gonna. <clears throat> this is gonna where it gets kind of spicy. All right, you ready for this? Okay, what is your biggest soup hot take? Um, also asking about just overrated soup and underrated soup. So the overrated soup is definitely tomato soup. I'm sorry about it. I know someone the other day was talking about tomato soup being their favorite, and it's just it's terrible. Not there's only one situation where I actually want tomato soup and it's not for the actual tomato soup. If I have grilled cheese, I'll take a nice tomato soup cup of tomato soup to, to dip it in. And that's, that's, that's it. That's all I want tomato soup for. Otherwise it's garbage. It belongs in the garbage. Uh, the most underrated for sure. Corn chowder. That stuff's delicious. Um, is that all the soup questions? I think it is. Um, Surely there were more. They kept going on and on about it. <laughs> I mean, people got to know. They really do. Um, so, uh, now we got the soup talk out of the way. Are you a PlayStation or Xbox man? Definitely an Xbox man. Had the first two PlayStations. Um, and then as soon as we got an actual Xbox, the original Xbox, it was game over. From there, they had Halo. And that's all that we, we played. Um, brother and, and I played that. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Favorite type, favorite type of games to play on the Xbox? Oh, I wrote this down actually. Um, let me go find it real quick. Dun, 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 dun. Where'd it go? If only I had a soundboard to cue okay, the Jeopardy music while you did this. <laughs> uh, so just favorite video games. Okay, RPG. It's got to be easily Skyrim. I've definitely put the most time into there. Although the Fallout series is also excellent. Uh, multiplayer right now it's probably warzone i loved uh what's it called fortnite when it first came out just because no one was good at it and i would play with my friends till late night in the morning also overwatch excellent game um uh, also rocket league has been the uh just the, the backbone it's been consistent it's always there when i need a, a game to play um single player probably just fifa manager mode um what i like to do is i like to take a league two team um, just the worst English team possible, and I like to take them all the way up to the Premier League. Um, it, it's tougher than it than it it sounds. Uh, for the campaign, probably one of my favorite campaigns. Um, I think Ruzi told me about Titanfall too. That was a great campaign. It was just kind of short, but it was it was perfectly timed. My favorite of all time, though, it's got to be Fallout Three. Um, it just it hooked me. Um, yeah, that's that's my uh, 
my games of, of choice. Gotcha. Titanfall 2 is a very nice game, but very short. Yeah, but it's it's a lot of fun, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Well, any... Uh, let's see. You want to just hit, hit a couple here? that I, I have, like, written down and that we yeah, yeah. get to? Absolutely. Um, yeah, someone asked um, about... I think they, they thought that they were in the wrong channel, but it is fine. I'll answer it. It's uh, Tequility, my boy. I don't know who you are. I'm just kidding. Um, he asked about uh, rankings for current players and rookies. Um, also, like just changing it, whether it's Superflex or, or not. Uh, the best places to get rankings are just DynastyNerds.com. You can get the rankings um, and all the articles for $3 a month. You know, um, you just get a drip coffee instead of a frappe at, at Starbucks. And boom, you paid for it for a month. Um, <clears throat> if you're wanting uh, free uh, rankings, though, I would uh, check out keeptradecut.com. Um, it's crowdsourced, so it can it can be a little uh, little wonky at times. Um, but really, I mean, it it gives you the you know market value because it is crowdsourced. Um, so that's whenever I, I I use those two the most, and I kind of compare them. Um, whenever I'd, I'd use like a trade calculator to um, uh, convince my trade partner that what I'm doing is actually good for them. So people don't trust me when I make trade offers. And yeah, I don't necessarily blame them. Um, Lava Lord asked about my hottest take going into the season. Um, I hit on some. Uh, I missed on a few as well. Um, I wasn't huge on DK Metcalf. Uh, so he surprised me. Probably my, my hottest take, though, was, was Lamar Jackson. Um, everyone had him as, a lot of people had him as, as quarterback one over Patrick Mahomes, and I just scoffed. Um, <clears throat> I realistically had him, uh, like, actually finishing probably closer to, I think, quarterback five on the year um, in my projections. Um, I've always had Dak as my quarterback two, and Mahomes as my quarterback one. I think, what did Lamar finish? Quarterback nine? Um I just I knew he was going to have those the accuracy trouble again. There's no way. Last year he was the the Baltimore was 31st in the league in pass attempts and first in you know uh, passing efficiency or, or touchdowns. Um, he his uh, touchdown rate was a nine percent, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, I think one of the I think Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson leads the league in career touchdown percentages at six percent. Um, so the fact that Lamar was at nine for an entire season was just ridiculous that anyone thought that he was going to even, you know, get down to six was like, um, or stay up at six was, was, you know, lying to themselves. Um, so that was probably my, my hottest take of the thing of the, of the year. Um, uh, I was low on, uh, what's this called? Cortland Sutton, but that didn't pan out. I had a few bets. I think I think Lava. I got a, a, a buck from you, and I had to pay someone else something. I forgot. No, I, it wasn't a dollar. He was a, it was a pizza. Lava sent me a pizza. That's right. I appreciate it. We we did eat eat that the other night. It was it was great. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, space. Do you have a? Are we doing a giveaway, or do you have something else, or more questions, or we're we're, we're pretty much close to time. I think. We're wrapping up, and I'm just finishing up the giveaway, and it looks like Smitty just won himself a month of Nitro. Congratulations, whoop, whoop. Smitty. Um, I'll send the code to you in DMs. Um, but, yeah, coming up on the on the mark, um, I was just going to ask if you had any final words um, besides the questions that you... Uh, got asked there was one that was asked that i'm going to ask now um Go ahead. is there one question that you've done a couple imas here now that you haven't been asked yet but you're waiting for somebody to ask so that you can talk about it <laughs> no i don't think so um you know i'm here for the, i'm here for the people i'm here to serve you know what i mean um it's uh it's you know I, I don't care. <laughs> I'll I'll give you my unsolicited advice anytime. Um, so 
it's uh advice to to take it um with a grain of salt anyways so um now i don't think there's anything in particular but i i've loved that uh both times i've been on here for myself like i've had freaking a thousand questions to go through and i love it um it, it's kind of uh nice to uh talk fast anyways so to be able to have something to go through and not have to ramble and stuff and know i have to you know move on is probably probably for the best um so <laughs> well all right my man thanks again for stopping in with us and uh spending the night sharing your thoughts i know there's probably better things you could have been doing than just Hanging out with a bunch Apex. of online strangers. So I was uh, just gonna be playing Apex with uh with with Andre. So this is probably better, anyways. Well, there we go. Um, <laughs> uh, let's uh, call it a wrap. Uh, this has been Space Ghost Force from Fantasy Football Chat and Dom Johnson. Uh, you can find him at Dom FFL on Twitter, yeah. um, as well as the links posted above. Um, they're all there for you for all his content and obviously he's all around the discord you all know him we all love him and thanks again Dom for doing this for us yeah anytime man alright everybody hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next week I believe we're going to have one of the undroppables on on Tuesday but this has been Space with Dom and the Dynasty Nerds signing off yes sir mm-hmm.